It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chasing wins this year. This is Chasing Wins. So, Jim, obviously, you know, since we last spoke, uh, not too much has happened necessarily, but we do have Summer League, and that's kind of been the story um, of the Warriors. And there's a bunch of, you know, there's a few players that have really caught my eye and, and um, intrigued me in terms of what they can do now and for the future. Uh, looking at particularly uh, Lester Quinones and then uh, Brandon Pods uh, Pajemski. And so those two in particular, and then obviously uh, Trace Jackson Davis is might make his debut tonight. But what have you made, uh, uh, if you've watched those games, what have you made out of um, Lester and, and, and Brandon in terms of like what they're able to do and uh, how they can help contribute this year and beyond? Hmm, that's interesting that you mentioned Lester because, I mean, he's a summer league guy. He was kind of on the roster, but not really last year. And so it seems like a lot of people are into the idea of him uh, being on the roster. Maybe he will be. I'm not sure, but he's not somebody that I've, I've, you know, he's not really necessarily on my radar. He's like... He's skillful offensively, but obviously the Warriors, like their depth depth chart, like how are they going to use him? I don't really see a path where he's unless they're really down on bodies or something like that. I'm I'm not sure I see a role for him. Um, I mean he's efficient and he's he's a he's a good scorer in the you know the summer leagues, the G leagues, and these things, but. I'm just not quite sure where you see a path for him to be on the roster. You know what I'm saying? No, like, 100%. Do you? you think I, – I, part of me feels like we should have used that third, like, that third string spot instead of Corey Joseph. Maybe we could have given it to to Lester because – I mean, I, I know Kojo is like a veteran point guard. He's been in the league for a decade plus, but, like, I feel like Lester's talented enough at this point to where, you know, you could have him out there for stretches. I mean, you look at the, the, the pattern that Steve has, you know, implemented of like Chris Chioza, Brad Wanamaker, um, you know, last year kind of just Ty Jerome, like these guards who he can, you know, they can fill in and be solid for like stretches. Uh, well, some of them at least, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Lester could have filled those gaps. And so part of me feels like, we kind of, you know, maybe missed 
on one because I don't know how much better Corey Joseph is than than Lester. I don't think it's by much. If so I'm is. gonna I'm gonna okay. So I'm gonna try to say it this way. First of all, I see he's a relatively young guy. Mm-hmm. Did he get when did he get drafted? Did he get drafted last year? Uh, oh, he didn't get drafted. Yeah, I think he was on a two way. He was on a two way. Yeah, and he was in the G League last year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so here's the thing. He's six four. He looks like a shooting guard. He looks like he's definitely not a point guard. With that, do you think that's accurate too? That's fair. He can he can bring the ball up, but yeah, he's more of a scorer. So yeah, I'm looking at his G League stats. His G League stats are pretty good in terms of just offensively. He's and he's not, a good defender. He's a really good great. defender. Yeah, I yeah. saw I saw some of his defense. Like he he did some POA. Um, it's it's hard to judge it too much just because it's summer league. You're playing 100%. against a bunch of you know yeah. one year like you know first first year guys that just that haven't even been in the league yet. So let's see. He had uh, four point six assists and three point four turnovers. That is a bad assist to turnover ratio. If you're talking about a backup point guard, that's supposed to give your team some stability. Um, so if you want him, if you want a backup third string point guard. He's not it. He's a scorer. He's not a, you know, he's not a ball handler. He's not somebody who um, is going to, you know, control the off, uh, control the office in the sense of setting up the offense. He's more of a scorer himself. Right. So if you're talking about it from a standpoint of was he usable last year, I mean, that's tough. You're basically, he's basically the G league version of Jordan Poole. We don't know. We don't know how he would have played, um, and if he were to play well, were you going to give him that role over Jordan Poole? Like, I just don't see how that's a realistic case, right? Um, no, you're right. Let me ask you this, because um, those are fair points. What do you think about Brandon? Because I feel like if you, watching him, he fits more of a mold of like a playmaker. Like, even though he, he shot the ball pretty well, like he shot 50% from the field over the two games, 33% from three. Um, and so that's like, whatever. As a scorer, he's been decent. But like, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is his activity on defense and his playmaking overall. And watching him play, he just does so many intangible things. Like his rebounding numbers are pretty off the charts for a guard. Um so I don't know, like as a playmaker, I think he he shows a lot of promise. I think, yeah, like Lester's, you're right. He's more of like a like a scorer. He's more of like a two guard, put, you know, put the ball on the floor, try to get his own and set rather than like setting others up and getting them going. Although he can do a little bit, but I think uh, Brandon kind of fits that mold of like a third string point guard a little bit better, like you said, just um, – from a playmaking and like setting the table up standpoint. You mean so like, Pajim- you- Pajemski or? Yeah, Pajemski, Pajemski. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I am going to say that Corey Joseph is a good third string backup. I think on a different team, he could be a second string point guard. I think that's what he's been. Um, in a lot of the years that he's been in the league, not a third string where he gets no role whatsoever. He's just willing to take that role on with the Warriors in particular. Um, so, 
so yeah, I, I just I expect solid play if he does play. You know, when Corey Joseph en- enters the floor, he's not like a Wanamaker, some guy from overseas. You know who. Sh- was okay for one year and then he came to the Warriors and he was just like not an NBA player, not not a Steve Kerr um system kind of player. I mean, he was horrendous with the Warriors. He shot like what did he shoot? He shot like 35% or something preposterously bad. Mm-hmm. Um Chioza, I mean that, that's a that's a G League yeah. player right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe he was really good with the G League, but you know, on, a, on an NBA team, he was he's pretty bad. So again, I don't know if that's more just the product of Steve Kerr's, you know, poor usage of a player because I think he was recommended by Kenny Atkinson. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, actually, but he was a Kenny Atkinson player with the Nets, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was, he was, he did play better with the Nets than he did with the Warriors. It seems like a lot of role players go to the Warriors and they kind of lose themselves a little bit. They don't know how to make themselves useful with, the, you know, being off the ball and all these things. And they just can't right. get into a rhythm. That's a lot of players. So some of them come to the Warriors and look worse than they actually are. Like Brad Wanamaker was not that bad with the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, he was much better. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, this it's, is a tough call. As far as Brandon goes, he reminds me a lot of maybe young clay a little bit in mm-hmm. a way i think from a college standpoint his stats are a little bit better than clay's was uh, especially from the three-point line clay was actually you know he was like let me take a quick look his college years he was like yeah 36 percent in his second year and then it jumped to like 40 percent in his third year Right, but uh, Brandon obviously coming out of uh, his second year in college, he shot forty four percent. So that is a right. Oh yeah, I'm cur- I'm really curious to see how that translates into the NBA because some guys they shoot amazingly in college. It doesn't necessarily always translate to the NBA. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, so you saw both uh, the summer league games, right? Yeah, yeah, so, I watched both of them pretty closely. Like, what were your What were your thoughts on? I know you like Brandon just just from a glance, but um, yeah, yeah. Tell me Lester is like Lester. I can envision him in maybe two two years as being like a legit rotation piece, um, because I think he's young enough, but he's also like skilled enough at this point to where he's on a path where I do feel like he can contribute. He looks out of place in summer league. Like, you know how Keegan Murray, he's playing and he's like, he looks out of place. It's like, he's just too good for the competition around him. Yeah, he's confident. Lester is just, I feel like he's right. He's not, he's not as good as Keegan, obviously, but he's in that same mental, like um, mental, like kind of space where like, he it just feels like nobody can kind of match him. He just, it feels like he's just playing like a man amongst boys. Like, He's just kind of out there, and and he's just dominating. Um, I think he's averaging like t- around twenty four points on like fifty four fifty splits or something. Like he's just he just doesn't see anyone in front of him. He's just getting shots off. He looks poised out there, composed. He's he's just he looks by far like our best player. Um, and I think he in the G League he had tremendous success as well. 
So this is nothing new. This isn't anything surprising. And I just think the level of comfort and the level of um, just his ability to just put the ball on the floor, get to his spots, get to the rim, uh, shoot the ball for on the perimeter. Like his shooting is just incredible. Like he just, it just nothing, no shot phases him. He can just step in and knock shots down. Um, and he's very confident out there. And then defensively, he's like the biggest um, encouraging, you know, aspect because if he was just a scorer and he couldn't really defend, like it would be kind of cool, like a novelty player that you could put out there and see what he can do and, you know, be like a microwave scorer. But like the fact that he can be a positive defender is so encouraging because um, I was watching him and he was sliding his feet, point of attack, doesn't really gamble that much. Um, really disciplined, really committed to that end. Um, he takes defense seriously. Like, I just think those are very promising indications that he's going to be a really good player, whether it's with us or another team. But I think we should probably look to give him a chance down the road at some point because I think some players, even though they're young, some players can still contribute even as young as they are. So you just got to put them in the right spots. Um, look at Moses Moody, right? Even though he hasn't, you know, necessarily had the easiest path and easiest road and it's been rocky at times, even in the playoffs, he's been pleasantly surprising, like his ability to just step in and be a positive. So I think I could see similar similar results for uh, Lester. And then with Pods, obviously Pods hasn't played an NBA game yet. Like we still got to wait to see how he looks and he has his weaknesses like um, he struggles maybe a little bit with some shot creation stuff and defensively it's a work in progress, but one thing's for sure is that he's committed and he puts effort into defense. He doesn't like take defensive possessions off. He takes that end very seriously. Um, he slides his feet as best he can. He stays in front of his man. His help defense is actually pretty good. Like he's a pretty aware help defender. Um, on the ball might be slightly of a weakness. But it's more so of a size and strength thing, which I think he could work on as his career goes on. But I like his tools, and I like the fact that he's aggressive as a rebounder. Like, he chases rebounds. Like, off of misses, he'll be underneath the basket, boxing out or being active. His activity, he had, like, a handful of deflections um, against opponents. Like, just really active, trying to, you know, um, be disruptive. And I think these are, like, traits of, like, a positive impact player. And then the shooting is just obviously speaks for itself. In summer league, he's only shot 33% from three, very low volume. But like, to me, those numbers, like just the shooting doesn't even define the potential that he can have as a player. Because to me, the, the intangibles and the extra stuff, the rebounding, the activity on defense, the, the playmaking, like I haven't even gotten to that yet. So like the shooting and, and that stuff is going to come and go, as we all know in the NBA. But the playmaking stuff, like, I think he had one assist last game, but he easily could have had eight or nine, like, so easily. It's like these these guys around him just can't finish the, finish these plays or, like, they're missing open shots. They're, they're bobbling, you know, the ball, just losing it. Like, but if he was playing against or playing with uh, some good talent, he'd easily average seven, eight assists a night because his playmaking is so – high level. He's just finding guys in the corner. He understands rotations. He can find dump offs, no looks like his court awareness and his vision is actually super high level. And he's only 20 years old. 
And to me, that's probably the most um, encouraging thing is because he can his playmaking and his ability to find advantages and create advantages for his teammates is something I didn't expect. And that's a very valuable skill for the for NBA players because when your shot isn't falling, right, can you do something offensively that creates and puts the defense in rotation, puts them at a disadvantage? And Pods has been like his playmaking, man. I, It's just like downhill, just making the right reads, connective stuff. Like he doesn't make mistakes out there. So I think what I'm going to continue to look for is like, his development as a scorer and a playmaker. And also, even as a scorer, his aggression, the ability to put the ball on the floor and make stuff happen, his floater game, uh, getting to the rim. He just is so versatile offensively. And then he's so committed on on the other end and doing the intangibles that I think that'll figure itself out. So I expect him to be a really good player. Uh, if not this year, next year. If not next year, the year after that. Like He'll be a good NBA player, just a matter of when. Uh, and he'll get the opportunity this year to showcase his abilities. But I think as a guard, he fills in a lot of uh, a lot of gaps and he can do a lot of things. So, you know, a lot some guards are one-trick ponies. Like some guards can just score. Some guards can just shoot. Some guards can just defend, like, like Josh Akogi, right? Like some guards are just very, you know, um, skill set oriented. They're good at only one thing. But – Pods can do many, many things. So that to me is like the biggest takeaway for me. Hmm. Okay. So, so first of all, he's going to turn 21 uh, in the midst of the, his rookie year. And he, that's essentially, he's, he's the same age, age as Kuminga, right? So this is a guy with some experience. Uh, I've always kind of tend to favor the guys who've played college basketball longer and if you played at least two years of college that kind of gives me a pretty good idea as to what this player is going to entail like what kind of player he'll be um just the more the more uh college years you have the more polished you are and that's why i want to you know hopefully davis will play tonight uh, like you said, uh, Trace is somebody that I'm really interested in seeing. Like you said, Brandon doesn't have enough guys to pass the ball to uh, to have more effective uh, to have his passes be more effective. Uh, since uh, Trace is a finisher, like we'll, hopefully we'll get to see that tonight. I'm not sure he. I think he has a hammy issue, so we might not see him again. Uh, that's you don't want him to, you know, have some lingering uh, issue like that going into next season. But though I just see a little confusion in terms of guys' roles. Like you're talking about Lester, you know, being a, a potential backup for the Warriors. Uh, and his skill sets seem kind of similar-ish to what Poole was supposed to be able to pro provide for the Warriors. So I'm guessing you see him as a backup two and not a backup one. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, it's just, I'm just, I'm having a hard time, you know, again, just because especially they picked up Corey Joseph, who's going to be playing the third stringer role. Um, Lester, I, again, unless he was going to be uh, backing up Clay, uh, I'm just, you know, he might be their 14th guy or, or the 15th guy 
um, as, as a two-way guy, maybe. But that's about as big of a role I see for him, uh, for the Warriors in particular, just because they have so much backcourt depth. Like, is Lester going to be play, uh, playing ahead of, you know, like a Moody or something? But again, like, you know, there's some uncertainty. Is Moody still going to be on the roster? Is Kuminga still going to be on the roster? So these are still question marks that I, I'm just not sure. But again, I, I've, I've been kind of saying this to you all along about Brandon is that he gives me these vibes like he could be the future shooting guard for the Warriors uh, for one reason or another. Like if things don't work out with Clay, um, yeah, that's why I was comparing Clay's college statistics to his Brandon's statistics because they're a little similar. Uh, they're they have similar attributes. Clay's a like an inch taller. Right? Uh, some people are saying that Brandon looks a little shorter than he claims. He's listed at six five. Yeah, he's probably close to like six. I think he's like close to six four ish, six three and a half kind of. Really? Let me check. Let me because I think without shoes, he's probably a little under six four. Really? Because the way they they're doing it now, the way they're listing players now is they're listing them according to their height without shoes. That's why right. they list Steph Curry as six two now instead of six three, which is what he was always labeled until recently when they changed that up. I don't know if you know that, but no, you're right. No, all the players true. have gone down an inch. Like Draymond used to be listed at like six seven. I think he's listed at six six now. No, you're so, right. Yeah. So, yeah, without shoes, he is about 6'3.75. So they've listed him like the way they used to, which is with yeah. shoes. So he's actually shorter. He's like probably 6'4.5 with shoes, and he's like 6'3.5 without, something like that. Damn, yeah. man. So then that means he's essentially the same as Dante. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Around, yeah, around, yeah, yeah. Okay. From a, so from, a, from a height, but here's what I'll say though: he's physically, like from a from a weight standpoint, like I think he's much stronger. Like he's I was watching. Pounds. What's up? He's two hundred pounds. Yeah, like he's yeah. yeah yeah he's definitely strong. Like he he was backing down small. He can back down smaller guards. He does some Jalen Brunson stuff. Like mm-hmm. he'll like. He he he's not Dante. Like I know Dante's like more of like this like wispy dude who just kind of floats around and tries to, you know, he's kind of scared of the rim. Pods isn't scared of the rim. He can use his body really, really well. He uses his body really, really well. So Yeah, yeah. So I mean And he's I'm, only gonna get stronger. So Brandon's a guy who believes highly in himself, it seems. He I mean, you know, one of the first things he said was that he could be a triple double guy. So he seems to have like, you know, um, a major sense of what he almost like Tyler Hero is, is a type of guy who thinks he could be like a Luca type. He could be like one of these major players. Um, but yeah, as for Brandon, I'm a little disappointed that he's 
like six three ish without shoes because to me like every every inch matters pause um yeah in the nba like every centimeter like the all these things just they it factors into how good you can be and what potential you have like if if luca was an inch or two shorter that would make a giant difference in what he's oh, yeah, capable sure. of you know what i'm saying so for sure so yeah, I'm not quite sure what Brandon's role with the Warriors could be uh, going forward. I think he could be a third string point guard easily. Well, he Very can't easily. be. He literally can't be because Corey Joseph is their third. Not right string now. Not right guard. now. Not right now. I'm saying down the road. Down the road. Third string point guard. Because if that's what you're thinking of, third string point guard is his future with the Warriors. Then that's not really a future. Well, no, with to the start. Warriors. To start though. To start. Like obviously he's not going to be. When you say like start, like next year. Is what you mean? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so then I think he's talking good. about. I think he's really good. Okay. Like, yeah, you know? I, I'm expecting him to be more than that. Uh, oh no, because, he'll be more than that. Yeah, yeah, he'll be more than that. But to start off, I think he'll start off in like a in like a lesser capacity. Yeah, and then eventually work his way up. You know, right, right. So it's the, like we'll have we'll have to see what that timeline will be, right? Because if he's not going to develop until like, you know two, three years later or something like this, that's another guy that Warriors don't need to have on their roster then, right? We're talking about guys who are going to be immediately ready to contribute in some way. Think about like Tyrese Halliburton, who came into right. the league as a uh, two-year college player. Same way, uh, same thing as Brandon. And he came in to play, like ready to contribute immediately, right away, right? So that's the kind of you know, thing the Warriors are looking for, somebody who is ready, right? More ready than others. Not one year, not a one-year player, not a one-year project who has a lot to develop in terms of what right. he's good at, what he's not good at. Uh, and Brandon seems like, like we've been talking about, seems he just seems more ready, more polished in a lot of different ways, right? But again, what what is that role going to be with the Warriors? And if there isn't going to be a role for him, and it's tough to see because... You know, they have Gary Payton, they have Moses Moody, um, who yeah. are both guards. Uh, I know they like to list Gary at these other positions, small forward, power forward, and all these things. But ultimately, he's a 6'3 guy. He's 6'2", right? So uh, you have to limit the number of guys that are 6'2", that are going to be sharing the floor at the same time. You have C CP3, who's six foot. You have curry who's six two you have gp2 a gp2 who's six two that's three guys who are six, under six three all right you can't yeah. add another guy who's like six three six four right uh, you can't add a clay thompson to that equation that's what complicates you know having too many small guys who are really useful and in the warriors case you i just named three guys that are some of the most powerful players in the league right so how do you keep any of them off the floor at the same time you know it, it's matchup dependent but at the end of the day you like the most you can have on at the same time are three i, I just named you those three gp2 dp3 yeah. and curry so i agree where does, it, where does a guy like brandon fit into that equation where does a guy like lester fit into the equation it, it's really tough to this season they they don't they don't fit in this year right um but hopefully i think their ta their talent is there and yeah. I would hate to see that talent get wasted because imagine if Jordan Poole, like in 2022, was never realized. Like that would have been a shame because yeah. even though he struggled last year and wasn't really that good, uh, he turned it over a lot. He fouled a lot. 
he scored his 20 plus points per game, but he wasn't really all that effective. But in 2022, it was a much different story, and we would have never had that version of him if we had given up on him earlier, which yeah. I was actually in favor of. Like right. in 21, when before he got sent to the G League, like he was, he looked, he didn't even look like an NBA player. Yeah. But then they developed him in the G League. He was, you know, doing his thing, developing, getting better, getting those reps, shot attempts. And then he came back and he was actually a really good player for us. And then and then in 22, he just blossomed into a starter, ca- starting caliber shooting guard. And then he ended up being like winning us some games in the playoffs. So these things kind of happen, happen quickly, sometimes by serendipity because it's not necessarily planned out. Sometimes, you know, Jordan may have never even been as good as he is if Clay didn't go down. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. So we so, don't know. So that's the um, biggest thing is that yeah. Jordan got an unusual opportunity with the Warriors because Clay was out. Not only was Clay out, Curry was out. So right. there was massive opportunity there for him to develop in a way that he otherwise probably would not have. Uh, and but that's the step, but that's where the Warriors are now. Clay is back. That's why Jordan had to go because it was no longer going to work out because of Clay's presence. And so, right. um, so that's a big thing that they have to, again, see how Clay looks next season. If he looks notably better than he was this past season. And it's going to be a challenge to figure that out. Um, just because Clay was nowhere near as bad um, in the regular season as he was in the playoffs, right? So it's not For sure. So it's not like it's not like we have clear answers. And then the direction of again, this is it's a little confusing. Like I like I like Pod, and I, I like Lester too, but. I don't, I don't see any immediate role for them uh, anytime soon, unless something happens with the trade, unless something happens with Clay, unless something happens, we get a definitive answer as to what's going to happen with Moody, right? Because Brandon and um, these other guards that you can think of for the Warriors, I mean, they're not going to be ahead of Moses. I think, I think Moses is. Yeah. How, how does this work? Like, is he going to be the backup for Wiggins or is he going to be the backup for Clay? Moody. He'll and be the ideal. backup for probably Clay. I right. Would say. So that would be the ideal scenario. We want him to be a backup two. Right. We don't want him to be a backup three and we certainly don't want him to be a backup four. Right. Right. So they're going to so have yeah. to figure those, those things there out. There you go. There's a major log jam at the two, at the one and two positions for the Warriors now. Right. So. It's fun to talk about the potential of these new guys and what they could be for the Warriors. But in terms of their actual role going into next season, I don't see a whole lot unless injuries happen.